Welcome to another edition of Football Game Plan's Best Bets, the Best Bets podcast. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook. This is week eight, NFL and college football is our week eight of doing this show. But as always, subscribe on iTunes, leave us a five-star rating, tell us how much you like the show, and join with me, as always, are our football game plan analyst, Chris James. Follow Chris at CJFlorida9 on Twitter. Follow Gene on Twitter at Gene Clemens. That's Gene Clemens, by the way. And I'm at F Ball Game Plan. So we're in. We're at week eight. I guess it's the midway point of college football, uh, week seven in the NFL. But we're going to start with the collegiate game, and I'll kick this one off. As always, I love my military academies. They are the most easiest of monies to make out here. So today, or in this episode, Army is playing host to Miami of Ohio. Now, this the reason why. This is Army's favorite by seven and a half is because Miami of Ohio is actually playing better football. But at the end of the day, it's still Miami of Ohio going to play an option team and not coming off playing an option team or it's not week one or they're not coming off of a bye. So this line makes sense because the Red Hawks are a good team, but I'm laying all the points with Army in an option. And plus Army's defense is starting to hit its stride and they're starting to blow people out. Ohio University is probably one of the teams that gets you as close to um, pre-face ball as, as you'll get in the MAC. And so if you're not preparing for Miami, I'm sorry, um, preparing for Ohio University, you're probably not prepared at all. For me, I'm going down south um, into you guys' neck of the woods. Um, minus seven versus SMU. Things coming off the bye week after having a tough loss Cincinnati game that I thought that they were going to win outright. Um, I was surprised that I was actually impressed that Cincinnati was able to pull off the win. Um, I really thought that um, Tulane would get the upset in there. Um, they won enough to win. Um, they just had a couple letdowns this week. They came on an SMU team still trying to find an identity since losing. Um, Tulane's had an extra week to prepare for SMU. Um, I think that their offense comes out firing all, on all cylinders. They control the ball, and, and they take care of that seven that seven points versus SMU. I like Tulane at the house. Okay. Shout out to Tulane, uh, New Orleans native. So it's always good to hear someone supporting the New Orleans team. I'm going to go to a place that's a house of hoarders over the last several years uh, with a coach that – is underrated by a lot. I even bet against them earlier this year, and that's Syracuse and Dino Babers. Listen, they are nine-point favors at home against UNC, a UNC team that's pretty incomplete. I just think in the House of Horrors where teams like Clemson and teams with much more to them, Florida State having more talent this year has lost. This is going to be a tough one on the road for a UNC team that's just incomplete at this point. Syracuse gets the job done, and they cover the nine-point spread. I live out here in New Jersey, and – to be completely honest, Princeton right now is averaging 55 points a game. They're only giving up eight points a game. They have the best quarterback in the FCS and John Lovett, who's like Dak Prescott. They have two of the best receivers in the FCS and Jesper Horstead and Steven Carlson. Horstead is on a senior bowl watch list. They have two tremendous tailbacks. One is a sophomore in Colin Eady, a speedster at 5'11", 212, and Charles Volker, uh, Charlie Volker, uh, six feet 220 is also on a Princeton track team and they are 
completely blowing teams out. I said all that to say this. They are the best college football team in New Jersey. That means they are better than the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, which also means that Northwestern being 20-and-a-half-point favorites against fellow Big Ten foe Rutgers will easily cover. Rutgers quarterback last week threw, eight pa- or threw four passes, com- uh, four out of 12. He completed fa- uh, four passes out of 12, four intercepts for eight yards. Like, bro, that's a Big Ten Division wow. One Power Five program. How does that happen? Meanwhile, nine miles away, Princeton is breaking records offensively. So Northwestern is going to blow out Rutgers in this ball game. So if you can get this number at 20 and a half, do it because it's going to be in the 40s uh, pretty quickly in, in this ball game. They are a bad college football team right now. So I'm laying all the points with Northwestern. And Northwestern's coming off of a loss. Um, they're, they're feeling, you know, some type of way about that loss to Michigan. Pat Fitzgerald teams are not used to getting um, rant rolled over. They're going to come and prove something to prove quick. Um, I think that's a great bounce back win and a, and a great cover right there, Emory. Um, for me to most faithful this year and, and – all of you know how much I love Alabama and what they're doing. I heard the most ridiculous comment that I think I've ever heard um, someone who's been in football so long say. Chris Fowler said that on his team said that if Tua Tagovailoa was injured, that it changed the landscape of the national picture. As if they don't have a National championship participant at quarterback backing him up. I thought that was really short sighted on his part, and it was a slap in the face to a kid who I believe has gotten even better this year. Um, his accuracy improved, his command of the offense has improved. Now he has an offensive coordinator that believes in him uh, and, and, and just lets him in an offense instead of trying to change up things and have him run as a running back in the backfield. Um, Alabama is playing. They're, they're heading to Tennessee. Tennessee coming off of an upset win over um, over Auburn. They're going to be ready. Alabama's going to be ready because they don't want the same fate. They don't want to make it close. Also, we've already talked about how Nick Saban loves to beat up on his former coaches. He likes to season greener on the other side. So look for Saban and Alabama to come out and roll. It's a big line, 28 points, 28 and a half, depending on where you're going. I'm giving it out in 35 plus. I'm going to go with the Lee Corso and say not so fast, my friend. And the only reason I'm going to say it is because even though, yes, Nick Saban beats his old protégés, he hasn't been blowing them out. Uh, I don't think he covered against uh, Texas A&M earlier this year. And the Georgia game could have obviously gone towards Georgia, but I do think Alabama gets this win. Rivalry game. That Tennessee team is not as bad as it seems early this year. So I think they cover that 28, but you know, I the talent's always there, the coaching's there. So if I wouldn't be surprised if they cover it. I just this is that game where it seems for some reason Tennessee always makes it more of a game than it should be. I'm going to actually stay in the South as well, and I'm going to stay in the state of Alabama, 
And I'm going to go with a team that had a a pretty impressive win earlier this season. I'm going with North Texas. Throwing the ball around the yard, they're getting the job done. They're actually being given a point and a half here. They're plus one and a half points at UAB. Both teams with just one loss. Both teams look pretty solid at this point. I'm going to go with North Texas because I think that they are more game-tested. They've played an SEC opponent this year. I think that they actually end up winning this one straight up, and they might actually win this one straight up by more than a score. It's interesting that they are underdogs considering how good of a season that they are having this year. As we move on to the NFL, I noticed that both you guys are liking the Patriots over Chicago. Uh, Gene, why do you like New England going into bear down and, and, and knocking out the Bears well, with this three and a half points? I mean, sorry, three points. Um, I, think, I think last week, I think last week, the Bears showed their hand. They showed their warts. They still don't believe that um, Mitch Trubisky or Mitchell Trubisky is the guy to get the job done in clutch when they need a play. Um, they had an opportunity to win that game. Um, five straight handoffs after a, a RPO um, terrible play to start, you know, to start the drive. Um, they end up they end up not getting a first down. They end up um, losing a game that they should have that they should have won. That they shouldn't have been in a competition with. And if you're telling me that Brock Osweiler is gonna going to cut you up, then I can only imagine what somebody like Tom Brady is gonna do now that he has all his weapons back in the fold. I, I don't think this is a close game by any stretch of the imagination. And here's my thought process. It actually, even though I don't think Mitchell Trubisky is a fully competent quarterback at this point yet. He's still being groomed to get better. I think that it's a good matchup for him with what the Patriots defense has to offer and his legs and the ability to scheme things open with his legs. Here's why I flipped on this game, because I actually had the Bears take in this game uh, early on in the week. If Khalil Mack does not play, there is a 0% chance that Tom Brady's going to lose because that guy is a game changer. He affects what Brady would be able to do. And I think that the Patriots will be able to put up points against a team in Chicago. And since they're able to put up points since Khalil Mack is not there, I do not have faith in Mitch Trubisky at this stage of his career that he can actually duel through the air with Tom Brady. Again, if Khalil Mack was there, it keeps the scoring down for the Patriots. I think they could effectively have Trubisky run a lot of RPOs, use his legs a lot. But in a game where I fully expect Tom Brady and company to put up points with no Khalil Mack, I don't see Mitch Trubisky being able to keep up with that. You know, what's interesting about this game is the fact that they are coming off of – now, when they played Tampa, they went, they ran that ball through to Rick Cohen. They go to Miami, try to run that thing through Jordan Howard, and guess what? They lost. Uh, so, at some point, you know, you got to realize who your best players are and who gives you the best chance to win. Uh, I'm going to go ahead on and kick the NFL segment off with the Browns at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay are three-point favorites. Now, here's the thing. The Browns' defense – Outside of the anomaly of last week and maybe a little bit of the week before, the Browns' defense is legit. They turn the ball over. They're able to stop the run. Um, they do a great job in affecting the pocket and causing uh, bad plays, all of which means they're going to pick James Winston off at least once or twice in this ball game. However, because the Browns' offense won't be able to have success, I think with the change in, in, in defensive philosophy, the quick change as far as the new coordinator – in conjunction with Winston's ability to to overcome mistakes, and they're gonna they're gonna put points up on the board. 
I don't think the Browns can win this game. So I, I would say take Tampa Bay outright, definitely to cover the, the three points. Even if they win by three or, or four, they'll win. They'll win a close game because they have more offense than the Browns. But I think they can win this one, you know, by a touchdown or so. So I would say later points with Tampa Bay in this one. And I and I would go. Uh, you know, I, I like what you said. Obviously, being a Bucks fan, I'd like to see Tampa Bay get back on track. I thought they. Um, gave a game away last week. I, I don't even put it all on Mike Smith. Last time I checked, he doesn't tackle, um, cover, or do any of the things necessary to play good defense. Like uh, I don't understand why he was he was made the scapegoat for. I necessarily disagree with the firing, but I disagree with the hire. I, I never thought he should have been hired in the first place. Um, so um, look at another. Um, NFC South team, a team that really needs to end after, I believe, letting the game go that they shouldn't should let go. And that's the Carolina Panthers. At some point, they're going to have to realize that their best chance for long-term success is to just Cam Newton be a quarterback, like a legitimate quarterback who, who controls the show. And whenever they do that, they have success. And whenever they try to, quote-unquote, manage him, is when they have have failings. I think that this is a game that they're just going to let him do what he does because they're going to go into a hostile environment in Philadelphia, and Cam Newton loves hostile environments. So I look at this when I say Carolina's getting on um, plus five, Philadelphia, everybody back on them because they have one week. I need to see them more than we can go in order to believe in them. I think that the Carolina L. Um, even more with Thomas Davis back in the fold um, for now the second week weeks with 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 with, with Eric Reed at safety. I I really look for to, to to get better and I look for that offense to to perform well under Cam Newton. I say take care take Carolina and then take that five. It makes sense because even if Carolina is unable to pull off the victory at Philly. It's going to remind me, remind some folks a lot of that Colts game earlier this year where it's going to be a close game. The Eagles can't blow out good teams or even solid teams. They need bad teams like the Giants to blow out. So I agree with you wholeheartedly in that particular situation. Sticking in the NFC South, I'm going to go with my lock of the week. I think this is a ready-made game for guaranteed money. And this is the Saints getting two and a half points at Baltimore. Listen, the Saints are coming off a bye week. They had plenty of time to prepare for what's going to be offered on the offensive side of the ball with the Baltimore Ravens. Couple that with the Ravens filling themselves right now after playing one of the most pathetic – you know what, I'm not going to get into it. After what they did last week, it was very unfortunate for some nice guys that participated on that team, but I think the defense will be feeling itself. They're playing Drew Brees this week, not Marks Mariota. They're playing the Saints offense that's got way more firepower, and I don't think Joe Flacco and company can actually score with the Saints. The Saints not only get that two-and-a-half points that's being given to them, I think they went outright. That one is going to be an interesting game um, because I, I want to see if the Saints defense that showed up against the Redskins can show up in back-to-back weeks against the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to go to a team in that same AFC North in Cincinnati traveling to Kansas City. They're six-point underdogs. And to be honest, I like how Cincinnati is playing this year. I, I believe they should have beaten the Pittsburgh Steelers. They actually had that game in control throughout and just a miscommunication, a dumb miscommunication 
on the final play. Like, how do you not know to switch off and take the inside away? That's just like a simple situational awareness type deal. So I don't think they're bad. I think they actually play well. And combined with the fact that they have weapons on offense, they can throw the football, they can find some success in a running game going up against this Kansas City Chiefs defense that really doesn't stop anyone. So this game is going to be back and forth. And I think it'll be a, a field goal game. I like Kansas City to win, but I definitely like Cincinnati to cover. So I would say take Cincinnati in the points in this one. Um, I definitely think that's an over game. I actually um, look at that game in the New Orleans game, and I think both games can end up being over games. Um, so it might be something to look at in that respect to just take the over in the games because you know there's going to be a lot of scoring going on. Um, for me, I, I, I look at a team that's coming on versus a team that I, I just don't know what they're supposed to be. Um, the Tennessee Titans were winning games early in the year with just like guile, you know, um, not with necessarily good play. I would say with solid defense and then timely plays being made. But in, in all, in all honestly, Marcus Mariota has has regressed. He he's not better this year than he was last year, in my opinion. Um, I, I think I've, I think it was CJ that says that his ceiling is um, Alex Smith, and, and I couldn't I couldn't agree more. But he's not at Alex Smith's level yet, which is scary for the Titans. And and a great thing for a Chargers team that has been everyone and who has continued to play solid defense even without Joey Bosa in, you know, in the fold for most of the year. Um, I look at them at home, obviously going from Tennessee all the way over to L.A. is going to have a big effect on the lane. take this game um, minus seven. I think it might even be a game that gets away from the Titans if they can't get offensive woes under control. Go back and look at the stats prior to this happening and then after this happened. Marcus Mariota had a four-game stretch where he was throwing the ball around the yard, completing a lot of passes, looked dynamic, and then he broke his leg. After that, Marcus Mariota threw a pretty much – I'm pretty sure without having it in front of me, he threw more interceptions than touchdowns last year. He's looked – pedestrian this year, a guy who ran a 4-5 at the Combine, looks like he's scared to do anything. I think it's mental more than anything because he has the talent. So I agree with you. This could get ugly, especially since I think Marcus Mariota is in his own head and that offense runs through him. As far as my last game, I'm going to go with this is a divisional matchup where it's a lot of points, a huge point spread, nine and a half. But I feel like this can get out of hand because one team has a point to prove and another team does not match up well with them. And that is the road team of the Los Angeles Rams playing at San Francisco. San Francisco almost pulled off an upset, and I actually expected them to pull it off on Monday night with C.J. Beathard at the quarterback, with the Aaron Donald show, with guys like Ndamukong Sue, that front line of the Rams. They will not give him time to make decisions or do anything, and C.J. Beathard will turn back into C.J. Beathard. On the other side of the ball, the Rams are disappointing themselves for what happened this past week in Denver, where Denver could have snatched a victory from a game Rams team. I think this week McVay comes out, he throws a kitchen sink at him. He gets one of those, we're back in the full wins and wins by upwards of 20 points in this particular game. They cover that nine and a half going away, and I think this is one where the Rams might cover the over by themselves. As always, fellas, you know, make sure 
guys are 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 following you guys on Twitter at CJ Florida Nine at Gene Clemens. We love to hear our the feedback of what we're doing here on this show. Um, so subscribe on iTunes, leave us a five star rating. We wish you guys the best of luck. Bet responsibly. You know, I you know what's funny about that is when um because I do stuff for sports line, right? And so when people I just give my analysis and you know leave it at that. And people, hey man, uh well you 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 know you you got this one wrong this week. You know, I may have to cancel my subscription. Like, bro, I don't I don't give a shit. Like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I I, you know what you want me to do? Go back and change? Like, I don't, I don't know what. Like, how am I supposed to respond to that? Like, I looked, I looked at that last night. I think two nights ago, I looked at a tweet that I got from someone. I looked at, I'm like, man, let me finish this this ice cream I'm eating right now, man. Like, this dude tripping. So, I don't know, man. Bet responsibly. Um, do what you do. Don't put your house on none of these bets. You know what I'm saying? But if you got a couple shekels to spare, go ahead on and spare a couple shekels. What'd you say, Chris? And, and just remember, man, this is advice. This is not law. We we we're not going in there and telling the teams to win or lose. We we have no control over that. We will give you as sound advice as we can. It's up to you if you want to follow it. We believe in it because we came up with it. But again, this is advice. This is not law. We we can't guarantee any of this. Gambling is gambling for a reason, man. Right. You can't call it. And at the end of the day you barking up the wrong tree because like my, my, my level or where I am on the, the care meter for your complaints, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't it, like, yo, I got, I got way other stuff, way more stuff to worry about. You know what I'm saying? I got videos to edit. I ain't worried yeah, about, like, you know, <laughs> well, it's interesting, Emory. And, and I think that a lot of people lose sight. We're getting out free information. You don't even have to pay for this. I could see if you were paying us and then you were we were giving you picks and you were getting them wrong. I'd feel a little bit salty if I was paying you and you were giving me wrong picks. But even then, I'd have to be like, well, it is gambling. You're going to lose sometimes. He's free. And if you go back and look at our records, you can make some money if you're – if you're betting responsibly and you're betting how you should be betting and you're not like parlaying everything you can possibly parlay to get a $10,000, if you're playing individual bets, you're making some decent money with us. So people should keep that in mind when they're, when they're betting. Like there's a way to bet and there's obviously people who've been doing this a lot longer than we have. But I mean, I like me and if I have a bad week, I eat it just like I would if, you know, I was on the other side and I was listening to somebody and they gave me an advice or a tip that didn't go well. And example. here's the thing. Oh, go I'm ahead, sorry. Chris. I was just saying example. I really should have been 4-0 last week. Part of the reason I wasn't 4-0 is because Marlon Mack decides to jump early in the game to catch a screen. Naheem Hines decides to also jump on a one-yard touchdown pass. And then Andrew Luck decides to throw the ball to all the Jets late in the game. If that didn't happen... Those three things, literally four and zero, and pretty comfortably in the uh, all the other three games. Yeah, LSU. And, right? and that's what I was about to say. The reasoning behind our picks, whether we win or lose, is never off base. So the reasoning is sound. The analysis is is on point. I can't control Matt Nagy trying to feed the ball to Jordan Howard. 
Ugh. Oh my gosh. Uh shout out to Jordan Howard. Uh, He's probably a good dude, but as far uh, as like him being better than Tariq Cohen, I don't know. Hey, I don't know, though. I don't know, though. Hey, we'll we'll just we'll just say this. They had they threw that ridiculous RPO where he threw the ball to a guy one yard gain, and then they came with back to back, back to back Jordan Howard runs, and I believe the first run was like a twenty some odd yard wide open hole, and in my mind I'm going, if that's Rick Tariq Cohen, that's game over. Yep, in the end zone. He's in the end zone. So then they come back with the exact same play. For Jordan Howard, he breaks off like a th- – and I, in my mind, I'm going, if that's Tariq Cohen, that's a touchdown. <laughs> then they give Tariq Cohen the ball on like a play where he has to like run through people in order to get a couple yards. And I went, they're really trying to blow this game. Like they have no confidence in in Mitchell Trubisky. It just was – it was a confound like I was I was dumbfounded by what they were doing, and, and that's what happens when you're betting. Sometimes you have to sit there and think to yourself like the lock of the week last week was supposed to be if the Bears were going to play Miami without Ryan. T- that was supposed to be a lock. Yep, that was supposed to be a lock, and you don't know any. There's nobody who knows football and knows betting that didn't put some money on the Bears to to cover versus a tenuous Miami Dolphins team. And Guff is one outright. It's betting, ladies and gentlemen. We can't call it. But like we always say, the analysis is sound, the advice is there, and we have the track record to, to uh, in the background to – uh, give you that sound and valuable advice. So again, follow Gene on t- Twitter at Gene Clemens, Chris at CJ Florida Nine. I'm at F Ball Game Plan. Subscribe on iTunes to Football Game Plan Podcast. Leave us a five star rating, and you can check out all our other podcasts on SoundCloud as well at SoundCloud.com/slash FBGP Podcast. So for everyone involved here, we will holler at you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>